0: Hey there, industrial marketer, and welcome to the Manufacturing Marketer Podcast. This show is dedicated to all the small marketing teams working at companies that make stuff. We are your hosts, Brendan Forrest and Mary Keogh. And like you, we both cut our teeth in house in manufacturing companies. Today, we are a senior strategists at Gorilla 76, an agency dedicated to building revenue focused marketing programs for industrial companies. Our aim is to help empower you to get a seat at the table and move the needle forward on your goals. And today, we have an extra special guest, Michael Murphy from Hike 2. Uh, Mike, can you uh, introduce yourself to the crowd before we jump into talking about our topic today?
1: Yeah, thank you, Brendan and Mary. It's a pleasure to be here today. Uh, yeah, we're glad you're here. to hear you guys about this. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, but yeah, so Mike Murphy, I'm a senior s- Salesforce consultant with Hike2. Uh, we work with a lot of manufacturing companies as well as in the public spe- sector and several other areas. Uh, my background is uh, spent 28 years uh, in the manufacturing industry, uh, like a lot of you out there doing the trade shows. I ran a marketing department for a, uh, a distribution business. So I was on the trade show floor. I understand that. I understand the print ads, the flyers, how we transition now to going all the way into now, Hey, we got social media. How do we work all that into being able to communicate that with them? And how do we get our sales teams to work and understand it? And even our leadership to buy in. So, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to you guys today.
0: Yeah, we're so glad you're here. Uh, so I think uh, we might be giving the topic away now, but uh, we're talking about CRMs today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to steer you there.
0: No, you're good. All good. All good. Um, they probably also knew we're going to talk about CRMs from the title description of yeah. the episode. So,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. So- I they read it. Um, Mike, we're following this conversation up. Uh, you know, coming off of Industrial Marketing Live, where we had you on uh, to talk CRMs as well, and that conversation was more focused in on you know having a really good handoff from marketing to sales in the CRM. You know, basically like trying to define out where that marketing contact turns into a lead and then into a sales opportunity in you know the pipeline area of the CRM. But I think today we'd like to just maybe just go a little higher and talk about like CRMs in general. So you know, from your perspective. Why are the why is the CRM such an important piece of software for both marketing and sales, and maybe the business as a whole? Yeah, I think a lot of things you, you've seen it evolve
1: over the years, and I'm going to go back to you know you had sales teams that were using Franklin planners, we worked in Word documents, we worked in Excel. A CRM now becomes one place where everybody can communicate about that customer, about that end customer, and communicate within departments, sharing of information. And nowadays, in this in, in our environment. You know, it's not only sharing information, but it's the speed of the information. The days of, hey, waiting a month, hey, let's do a report at the end and share it, those days are gone. Uh, That doesn't give you enough time to react and, you know, get back to that customer. It's all about timeliness. That customer may be ready to buy now. So, how do we react to them or how do we entice them and keep them moving forward in that sales cycle? And CRMs play a big part in that. Uh, They help communication is the biggest thing and sharing of information.
2: Yeah, I think, Another thing you talked about during the event, Mike, that I think is so important is that CRMs can also help improve data quality. So, you know, in those days of Franklin Planners, Excel sheets, you're completely reliant on that individual sales rep to capture every single piece of relevant information. (laughs) Now, yeah, if you have it integrated with your website, I know exactly where they came from. I know what company they work for. I know their job title.
1: Yep. And you can, to your point now, I, there's many other sources too. I don't have to rely on someone to get everything. I can reach out to LinkedIn or there's other a lot of other places that you have, you know, you have Facebook, you got Twitter, you get you all these other sites that people are in that they're sharing information on that you can build information about that, that customer, that potential lead as you're going behind the scene, gathering it without having someone to manually put all this in and saying, Hey, who got the phone number? Who got the email? Who's got the spreadsheet? It's, we can build it all together and we can see it. And so that way, the next time I'm talking to them, I can say, oh, we don't have this piece of information. I know I can ask for it. And it's not just me who can do it. Customer service can do it or whoever else might be talking or interacting with that, that person.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It literally, it just terrifies me when I still hear that um, people have post-it notes of their prospects (laughs) on their computer. I'm like, what What if your computer is like burned down or blew up or something? They're all gone. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that, and even you think about even the Excel spreadsheets, the Word documents, your hard drive crashes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And and that's the beauty too. And I, I use this. Everyone now, you can access it from your phone, you can access it from anywhere. So if your laptop has to go in, you can still work. You know, the days of saying, oh, like I can't work because I lost this or lost that, I can still be productive. I can still make things happen. And that, that's you know, information at the fingertips.
0: Mary, so you you talk a lot. You know, basically, in every episode that we've done, IML and the podcast, like you talk a lot about like if you're not doing your marketing programs within a CRM, you're just wasting your time, right? So like from your perspective as a you know senior strategist, a gorilla, in-house marketer, like what do you see as like being the most important things about the CRM for the marketing function? Like what can yes. it do for us?
2: Yeah. so from the marketing function, you definitely want it cloud-based and then integrated with your website for sure. Because then it's going to be able to capture number one cookies information depending on which integrations you have. So you can figure out where IP addresses are coming from. When it's integrated in with your website, you can start to see where on the internet they're coming from. So that um, source field is really important for marketers. If you have a lot of people coming from organic search, social media, uh, email marketing, stuff like that. It's all going to pull that in automatically from your website, which is so huge. You don't have to, you know, like we're, we were just talking about, you don't have to manually enter all of that data. And the important thing there is not only is it process e- efficiency, but it's also you can trust the data. The data quality is much higher because it's not reliant on a manual input.
0: hmm yeah. From my perspective, I see it as like, so you talk about process efficiencies. Well, there's also like program efficiencies too, right? So now we get start as we track, you know, this program brought in, you know, X amount of marketing contacts and then those contacts turned into, you know, X amount of number of them turned into lead, oh, turned into leads and then, you know, into opportunities and then into customers, right? So you can see like, okay, so this paid social program drove this many contacts into leads and then finally into customers and then trade shows did the same thing, right? So now you can actually start looking at you know between all the different marketing programs that you have set out which ones are actually driving the most business for you right and then you can start actually making really good business decisions and not just marketing tactics decisions so okay. mike I'm you, you've worked with a lot of companies setting up you know specifically salesforce but other crms mm-hmm. uh i like to ask you that same question I asked mary but just on the sales side so what can a crm do to help a salesperson be better at their job
1: and i think the is a market with the marketing slant on the biggest thing I look at from a salesperson is it can help them or be organized, help them prioritize things, as well as when you start using the CRM with the other departments within the manufacturing, you know, the whole process, the end to end journey of a customer. Now I have information. Uh, the biggest thing that we don't want our sales reps to walk into a customer unprepared. Mm-hmm. It also gives the biggest thing I love about it too, is it gives my sales reps another thing to talk about. If I can see that they enter, interacted or engaged with something from the marketing team sending out that they respond to an email that gives me a great thing to talk about when I walk in there it's an icebreaker hey I saw last week you you got this email and you looked like you showed a little interest in this it's something else for them to talk about and that's what a lot of times with the sales team it's getting that next conversation and that's what marketing can help with and the other benefits of it what I love is the fact that it takes away from a sales rep it gives me a lot of time back I have to spend a little time putting some things in. But now at the end of the week or daily, however it's often done, my managers, the other departments know what I'm working on mm-hmm. so they can support me. So the conversation goes from what did I do this week? Tell me the five opportunities you have to, hey, I saw you get these different opportunities. Here's how I can help you. Mm-hmm. And here's how, it, here's how I can help move some roadblocks. And when it's done when it's done right, that's the big thing. It's not, unfortunately, the biggest challenge, I'll go to the other side of it is. It's coming over that hurdle of it's big brother watching me. Yeah, That's some of of the change management you have to go through. And that's why we talk about the marketing side. When they start putting things in and sales starts to use it, how can I give them
0: information? Mm -hmm. Yeah, speaking of that information. So early in my career, I was an inside sales rep for a manufacturing company. And it was really helpful for me you know, going in and saying, okay, so I'm going to talk to this person. Oh, so this person visited these websites, you know, these web pages That actually helps me like talk, you know, change my sales conversation. I'm not going to talk about, you know, these things that yeah. the customer didn't visit, but he visited these pages. So he must be interested in these things. So it helps me to dial in my sales conversation and not have to waste time, like doing, you know, discovery on things that they don't care about.
1: Exactly. It helps you narrow down. It gives you, instead of that shotgun approach, and you spend your first 10 minutes of their time and your time trying to figure out what to talk about, mm-hmm. Now you're going right to something more that's more important to them. Right. And again, in this time of this essence, I always come back to time because all of us, hey, get to the point. You know, it's like, what? And so right. even as we talk to more and more folks, we have access to information that I want to get to my thing. I don't want eight clicks. Same thing with talking to sales rep. I don't want 30 questions. Mm-hmm. Help me out right away.
0: Yeah. It's just so powerful to say, like, Um, you know, all this, this lead came from this Google ad campaign, right? I could see like the keywords that they were interested in, or, you know, they came from this paid social campaign. Mm -hmm. And these were the pieces of creative that, that triggered them. So it helps me as a salesperson know what to talk about. Yeah. It's so
1: cool. Exactly. Exactly. And I'll come back to what Mary said earlier, which was fantastic on that in terms of from a marketing and Brendan, you touched on it also is the fact that now I can understand what is getting traction. Where do I want to spend my marketing dollars? Mm -hmm. I can also then show value to my sales team is say, if I need some more money for a certain thing or a project, I can show here's what did work. But also importantly, here's what didn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, They had a great idea to do this trade show in this area or to advertise this magazine or in this space. What did I get for it? Mm-hmm. And you can show that and that, that helps you make better decisions.
0: So, Mike, you might be surprised to hear this or you might not be surprised, but we talk to a lot of manufacturing people that don't have CRMs. Like they are just, they are using a Franklin planner or an Excel spreadsheet and they don't really, they don't have a, a software-based CRM that they're running their business out of. So I think, you know, there's probably a couple of objections, probably price being one of them. And then uh, we just don't need it. Um, and I think that starts at the leadership level. So what are some things that, you know, our audience can use as, as firepower to go and talk to their leadership about how to start like figuring out what CRM to use and then, you know, getting budget set aside for that and then implementing it?
1: Yeah, and those are great questions. A lot of great companies are still running on Excel. We know that, <laughs> but so I think a lot of it comes back to the things that Mary touched on earlier, and you also, been to too. Is it's the ability to show that big picture. How can I show that? It comes back to I always talk about what's in it for me. So you have to talk about how to spending that. And I'll use an example. Let's say it's twenty dollars a month per for a sales rep to have a seat for a license. Let's just use that as a number. You know, now I have to justify to somebody. You know, that's two hundred forty dollars for the yearly budget. How do I justify those dollars? A lot of things there, you have to look and see what's the productivity I get out of it. Mm-hmm. Well, is that rep only entering things once? Can I take away these six other spreadsheets that they're doing? In addition, am I cutting down all the email and the researching? Uh, the other things I look at is how many reps don't have things at their fingertips or have to go through 18 different emails to mm-hmm. find things. Now I can say, hey, here's a good place to go. I find a great place to talk, to, to engage leadership and even the sales team is actually talking about where do you manage your content today? And how, is easy, how easy is it to access? You know, maybe you start out with a couple of people who are using it, just publishing content out of there and it comes back to marketing. I'm now pushing things out to the sales team, uh, even from a customer service side. That's a lot of ways I find in plan a CRM first with marketing or customer service, because they're, in the, they're usually in the office more, mm-hmm. uh, where sales folks traditionally from manufacturing are out in the field, traveling around a lot. Right. So you have a little more of a captive audience. So as you talk to your sales leaders, you want to look at those groups to say, okay, where do we have disparate information? Where do we have duplicate data? You know, where is one of my folks spending all this time compiling reports at the end of the week? And it's it's those efficiency gains that you have to look at. The other way to to look at it is too, is when you start to automate things, people get worried, whose job am I replacing?
3: Mm -hmm.
1: You really want to talk about, no, it's about, it's a way to make, wouldn't you like Mike to spend more time solving your customers, bigger issues than doing these other tasks? Mm-hmm. So, so those those efficiency gains as well as I can grow now and Mike can do more. So I don't have to add a new FTE. So those are, those are the ways you get senior leaders to start to buy in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's those little wins. It's those little wins with it. And as soon as you can find one, you just have to find one or two believers uh, with that. And maybe yourself as a marketer who yeah. can start using it and show value. And just start with dipping your toe in the water, then you can go from there. Because you're, you're always going to have the naysayers, and the key is to then start to hit the hard dollars. Mm-hmm. That's what they want to know. Where's my where's the money in the bank? And it's like, well, if a rep can make one more sales call, you know, they're like, well, who knows if they will or not. Well, you know, from my side, a marketer or even a customer service or someone trying to work for the CRM, I can give your sales rep back two hours a day. Let's say I can do that. Now it's up to you as a sales team and managers how to most efficiently use that time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I, that's a, that's a good way. I know Brendan, you talked about it you, being inside sales. How, how would you, how do you categorize or what are some things you saw that a CRM would have helped you with if you didn't have one back then?
0: Yeah. So we uh, we were using Salesforce back then. Um, mm-hmm. And I could not imagine doing my job without the CRM. Like, Trying to like manage all those conversations and emails to me seems really difficult. Um, but then I was like trained as a salesperson within the CRM, right? I think yeah. you know a lot of these manufacturing companies have, you know, maybe an older sales team or just like a team that's never used a CRM. Right. And so it's what I heard you say was like time efficiency and productivity were the main drivers to get change, like leadership to like, oh, that's a good idea. We should start doing that. But from what I've seen, you know, when I was in-house was the sales team would, you know, it was mostly like outside sales. They would like double tap things. So they would have like, you know, they'd keep notes in their CRM in Salesforce, but then they would also keep notes in a different place. So they actually doubled their, their like administrative so, work. Cause they're like, well, we got to keep notes in in, the, in Salesforce, but I, you know, work way better out of my email or out of my notes awesome. tab. And it's like, man, it feels like you are, you're just like, and they're like, Salesforce doesn't make sense. It takes too much time. It's like, well, yeah. Cause you're yeah, doing yeah. double the work. Like,
1: Exactly. And a lot of it, I, I equate to a lot of it. A lot of the biggest area to help with folks is change management. Mm-hmm. Doing any CRM, the biggest area is going to be change management. And the couple of examples I can use that the one I love to use is around around a car. Anybody gets a new car, okay? The radio stations, how do I find them? You know, is the wiper blades in the same spot? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of upsetness, and, and I'll admit it. Like when they first had, came out, backup cameras, I'm like, really? Do you really need this? Well, now my cars all have them. Like, wow, I couldn't think of not having one. It, but it took time to get there. Mm-hmm. And as you talk about, it's a, some of it's a generation thing. Uh, with that, I know folks that are now coming up, they're used to the technology. They're used to this and they expect this. The older generation, which is a lot of your manufacturing sales reps, they're still the good old boy network mm-hmm. and just to use the terminology there. And, and they're, they're not through that yet, but it's starting to change because they're finding that their customers now don't have time for all that. Yeah, So they have to find ways to be more productive. And that's where the CRM can help them is allowing them to say, hey, here's more leads coming from marketing. Here's other opportunities to upsell that customer that they didn't see. And it comes back to the, for a salesperson, always it's what's in it for me. And when I talk about rolling out to a sales team, it's one of the things to think about is every time you ask a seller to put in a piece of data, how can they get something back? Mm-hmm. The one example I, I love is marketing does a phenomenal job usually putting together competitive analysis or, hey, here's our latest campaigns. Here's what's going on with products. So if that seller does you, when the seller does use the CRM and puts in and chooses the drop down, says the competitor or chooses the down and says, here's the brand I'm going after it with, if they get served up, Hey, here's the latest marketing intelligence or here's the latest ways to sell for this. Wow. Now they see value in it, mm-hmm. you know, because they're getting something out of it. So yeah, I see. Mary's definitely shaking her head. And,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah that.
1: that's, that's all awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but that's what it is. It's about it's about how do you get them to engage in it? And a lot of times, that's why I say you start with from a CRM. You start usually with marketing or a customer service team because they're already doing a lot of those activities. Now sales sees value in it. They may just be a consumer initially of the information, which is great. They won't admit it, but they'll start using it because they'll consume because they'll say, wow, what's happened with these orders? Well, instead of calling customer service, I can see order status right away in the CRM potentially. Mm -hmm. Or I can see that something's been delayed. You know, if you set up your CRM where, hey, a ship date changes, certain people get notified. Now the seller, that's a different conversation walking to a customer. Instead of the customer going, hey, why is my order late? I'm walking in going, hey, I'm sorry, your order. I saw it was delayed. Here's what's going on. Wow, I've just diffused that whole customer situation. I'm now ready to talk to them and sell. So those are the type of examples I like to use with the sales team. Mm-hmm. To, when you talk about how do I change leadership? How do I get the sales team on board? It's like, find some of those pain points they have They Like, I don't know about this. I wish I knew the status of this. I wish I knew inventory was one. Uh, those are the type of things. It's the information versus when you ask them just to put stuff in. It's a hard sell and a hard uphill because they, they're like, I'm already doing that in my Excel sheet. Mm-hmm. Now you're asking me to do double work, as you said, Brendan, where if you go the other way saying, hey, I'm giving you information, yeah. you know, I'm giving you all the marketing information here, I'm giving you like the playbook or I'm giving you inventory or sales orders, then there are consumers. And then from consumers, you can drive them into engagement of actually putting stuff in with it. So, yeah, not great. It's a great it's a great thing. It's a, It's definitely change management's huge uh, with that.
2: Yeah, and I think it's like right. it's such an important thing too because all of the best companies right now like like it or not you are competing with Amazon, you're competing with Microsoft, you're competing with like the big name, you know, consumer companies and they're not, you know, B2C. You know, Amazon is not a shipping company. It's a data company. And all of those data inputs are going to be critical to business insights. Like that's why I always always say the CRM is not just a sales tool. It's not a marketing tool. It's a business tool. It's going to help you make better business decisions.
1: Yeah. And you're right on the Americas, because you hear everybody talk about years ago, it used to be, we want to make sure everybody has the Disney experience when they interact with our company. It still is that way. I want that experience. I want people to leave happy. Now it's when I shop or when I interact with you, I want that exam, Amazon experience. So companies are trying to get there. Mm-hmm. And you're right. They've created that culture and that an expectation. And so manufacturers now are shifting a little bit from B2B to B2C to B to B to more. So there's expectations because you're dealing with that consumer also change. So yeah, no, definitely right on. Brendan. you look like you had something else there
0: you were thinking. Oh, so yeah, <laughs> I wanted to ask Mary this question. Um, you know, we kind of talked about like, you know, starting to get leadership involved. How have you seen like the CRM, like color your conversations with marketing leaders, Mary? Um, You know, you're bringing in data and reporting and, you know, like actually making those business decisions and using it as a business tool. Like what has your experience been with that?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think the easiest thing is you get to report on business outcomes, which just makes just completely levels up marketing,
3: Mm -hmm. you know,
2: or sales. Like anybody who's talking about business outcomes is automatically a business asset. But when you're reporting on website traffic or lead volume, and you can't answer questions like, so what? Mm-hmm. So what about lead volume? So what about traffic? So what about where they're coming from? Mm-hmm. But when you can start tying, I can tell you exactly which campaigns are driving X amount of dollars in pipeline and which of those campaigns are then turning into revenue. That's huge. That's just like, all of a sudden it's mm-hmm. like, oh, oh my gosh. Like marketing is <laughs> like actually contributing to the business.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and Mary, I'll just add on that. If I can just exactly saying there, it's like, like, you can start to tie back and say, listen, when we ran this ad as an example, you can see there was a lift in sales in this product. You know, when when you can show those things, it's amazing because then people more apt to say, Yeah, marketing needs more money.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and
1: get and open up pockets, And then sales also goes, Wow, we see the value of marketing. Because hmm. right now a lot of times sales may just say, Well, we saw you run that, we saw you did this, but you know, like a hot me. flyer. Yeah. Thanks. You didn't know the flyer. Great. But what did it do? But they don't realize the impact that had on the customer until you show the whole cycle yeah. with that piece of it. Yeah. So true. Oh. Uh.
0: So, just a quick uh-huh. uh, question on implementation, yeah. Mike. Uh. Like, so, company. You know, no CRM. Yeah. How do you suggest someone start going down the path to implementing a CRM? Uh, you know, is it like, let's go full blown and like, you know, get all of the things or is it like, let's start small and then build off from there. Like, what has you seen as best practices there?
1: Yeah. And, and in my opinion though, uh, I've seen both sides. I've seen the full blown uh, and I've also seen the steps. In my opinion, a lot of it's also where the company's at and what else they're doing. Uh, the, the one example is I have a customer was putting an SAP at the same time and they had a lot of disparate systems that didn't want to connect to SAP. So it was a great chance for them to do the full-blown CRM. Sure. Another company was just starting to dip their toe in the water. So then in that case, it's a great opportunity to just start small, mm-hmm. do little things. And the example i use there with that company where they had success, they started off with a small customer service team. This customer service team was, mm-hmm. you know, they're emailing all these people They're they're trying to share information across customers because you had a team of 10 people that were answering calls from multiple customers and the same customer may call back and get a different rep. So that was a great business case. Start small. And then from there, they built it out and said, you know what? The sales team wants to know this information. Mm-hmm. Uh, another example I had was where we actually started with the marketing team, uh, using implementing a marketing cloud from that aspect, and then going from there because they found the value of, hey, we can do all this in one place.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: We can track everything or report on it. As Mary said earlier, I could pull in all the analytics from different sites and knew where they came. A lot of it was automatic. So it took a lot of burden off the marketing team. And then from there, it was like, wow, now how do we get these sales, these leads to sales? And that transition to, you know, I was using some lead pieces and then slowly from there. So it's a lot of it. You have to look at the business case. Look at your business. Where is? It's also who, which area do you think might adopt it faster? Yeah. Who's ready for some change? Uh, who has the biggest? And by that, I mean, who has a lot of pain points? Find the biggest pain points and how you can help solve some of those. And it's amazing how you can do that, because, as you know, with automation nowadays, you know, for customer service, one of the things that's great with them is you can set up, you know, automatic emails. You can set up things to trigger on certain events that happen mm-hmm. and reminders that, man, that takes a huge burden off customer service trying to track a lot of this stuff. So, so yeah, no, it's a great question, though, on that. It, it, everyone's afraid, where do I start? The biggest, the, one of the biggest challenges is trying to buy everything you can't do it all at once. Right. So go find some processes that might be struggling, or if you have some that are really good streamline on the flip side, and look to automate those, you know, and get the value out of it.
0: Well, Mary, I think it's time for lightning round. Uh, so,
2: yeah, lightning. Yeah. <laughs>
0: right? So what we're gonna do for lightning round is what we're just going to pull up a bunch of questions. It's really quick. No time to think about it. Uh, but we just yeah, we want like whatever comes off the gut here. Uh, for questions, we're gonna go just go rapid fire. Are so you hit ready? Up, Mary. Sounds great. Let's okay. go, Mary.
2: <laughs> Duplicate contacts and dirty data are the worst. What's your process for cleanup? Any tips to make it not such a manual process?
1: Oh, yeah. The biggest thing there is you got you to fix the input first. That's what I look at. You got to fix the input. Once you fix the input, then do you clean up on that? And that's mm-hmm. looking at ways up front to manage that. Again, C- I love a CRM for that because you can have things coming in and you can use processes when the CRM to find your duplicates. And at that point, then do you clean up? Yeah. So.
2: Nice.
0: I'd say for there to like cut out a lot of those extraneous fields, right? The fields that never get filled in, you know, like got every CRM has got like 50 fields of yeah. like, no one's ever going to fill us in. So just get rid of all yeah. the things that people are never going to fill in and make it just really easy for people to use.
3: Yeah.
1: Like what, what color is their pet is not an important question to have. Yeah, <laughs> you <know? Right.
2: laughs> Unless you're in that business.
3: Yeah.
1: (laughs)
2: Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. So when it comes to showing the reporting power of a CRM, what are your go-to reports and why? Yeah. On that,
1: for me, quickly, if I'm talking about sales, I'm looking at what's important to leaders. You know, do they want to know how the pipeline strength is, how things are progressing through the pipeline? If it's customer service, do I want to know what the SLAs are? Uh, So, key is who is your audience and finding that key metric that makes them go, ah, thank you. I didn't know that, so yeah.
2: Yeah, I will absolutely verify that. Um, When I was trying to show what a CRM could do, I failed a lot in trying to find the reports that mattered, but once you nail it, you have a captive audience and that is huge.
1: Yes, you're exactly right. But the key is Mary, like anything in life, fail fast.
2: You may show 10 (laughs) or 20 reports, but you'll find one. (laughs) Okay. Let's see. What's the biggest mistake you see companies make when setting up their CRM?
1: They don't do their process work. That's the biggest thing I see is they just, they go, oh, we're going to take what we do here and put it in the CRM and not realizing that a CRM is not going to help a bad process. And the other piece of it, they don't spend enough time with change management. As I mentioned earlier, one thing a lot of people fear when they hear automation is, what does that mean for my job? Am I going to lose my job? So you really have to good do a really good job of telling people that, hey, no, your job's just changing. You're very valuable and important. I'm going to free you up from the non-value added task. So now you can work on these other high priority things and spend more time with that customer solving those bigger issues.
2: Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Oh, this is a good one. How do I get my company past a self-hosted CRM to an online cloud-based CRM?
1: I mean, That's one of the biggest ones. Uh, A lot of people talk about that because back in the... 90s, early 2000s, everything was self-hosted, all your, all your systems and it was, most things were homegrown. They were hosted on site, on premise. And now we're moving into the cloud. A lot of things I talk about there is find out what the driver is, why they're reluctant to that. Is it security is the biggest one I hear or is it cost? Whatever those are, then look to bridge that gap. I know I talked to one person before about this, about if it's a security thing, because a lot of people worry about, hey, it's security, you know, these companies, that are do CRMs, they work with banks and financial institutions. You can get their security standards and share that with your, you know, your CIOs to share with them that, hey, trust me, they're just as secure as the things you host on-premise.
2: Yeah, for sure. I love that. Um, Okay, so this is kind of, I'm going to tailor this a little bit. It says, what are your best practices for your CRM when it doesn't integrate well with an outbound email platform? But I'm going to kind of expand that to what do you do when the CRM doesn't integrate well with any of those other homegrown systems or integrations that marketing or sales is using?
1: Yeah. And, and that's, always, that's always a challenge when, you, again, you get three or four different systems you're working on. You have to find a way to set up some expectations and standard practices. How are we going to communicate to that system? And it could be that I'm dropping a file on a server and that's going to be picked up by the other system at this time, and I hate to say it could be manual Excel, but the key is setting up those good processes of when and how you're going to communicate. And the other important part of it is what you're going to communicate. Uh, the other big thing I always like to talk about is, especially if you're talking about contacts from a marketing side, what's that unique identifier that's going to tie that person across all those systems? Mm-hmm. And it may be required that you have to add a field in each of those other systems, but it has to be something unique so you can tie everybody together.
3: hmm
2: Yeah, I love that. I think you kind of already um, addressed this question, but if you have any final tips for getting maybe an older sales team or a sales team used to the way it's always been done to adopt and use a new CRM.
1: Yeah, I think there, as you work with them, you have to find, again, it comes back to what's in it for them. Anybody for change in life is hard. So you have to find out what's that carrot that would get them to want to move forward a little bit. And maybe you find one sales rep that you can work with, find a few things within that process, have them show success and let them be your champion with the others. Mm-hmm. That's what I found successful versus me staying here saying, Hey, yeah, use it, use it, use it. No, it's find that peer that says, Hey, I think this is a good thing. I've been using it to do this. They'll stand up and listen to that. And you just have to find what's one or two pain points that they have. You know, I, I, one of the things I always do is try to spend a day in life with the seller, travel with them for a yeah. day in the life, find out what their pain points are. And then see how the CRM can solve one or two and then show it to them and gr- gradually build your buy-in from there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's another thing that gets overlooked by marketing a lot. And I'm sure you can speak to this a little bit, Mike, is just those activities, like traveling with a sales rep, building a one-on-one relationship where you can prove the efficacy of a CRM sound really tedious and time-consuming. <laughs> and they are, they, but they are. those are also the things that, Create that business asset that levels you up as a marketer.
1: Exactly, and I, when I was in sales, when I when I first started out years ago, manufacturing, I did inside sales. I managed the customer service department, as well as also. Then when I get into marketing, it was great because since I came from sales, I knew a lot of the sales folks. But I would try to spend one day a quarter just going out and travel with the different sellers because all of a sudden you build that relationship. You're exactly right, Mary. It's amazing because then you could ask and bounce things off of them, and wow, they felt really. Important, which they are, but they're giving you this great insight, and now they're an advocate for you when you go to present in front of that sales team. You have somebody else in the room who's a friendly face who can be an advocate for you as you're talking about our next campaigns or our next things.
0: And then you can yeah. talk to customers at the same time.
1: Yeah, and, and that's that. the, and yeah. that's exactly it, Brendan. I mean, it's yeah. amazing the the you know, especially yet. I, and I encourage marketers. I did this numerous times myself. Is you have marketers, you have you know, we traditionally as marketers would say, "Hey, sell this. Go out and sell this." And they're like, well, you've never been in front of a customer. So I would always make a point to travel the seller as we were rolling something out and say, I'll be the one to present it. Let's yeah. see how it goes. You know, let me, that way it doesn't hurt their relationship because they're worried, worried about it. If they present something, this customer sure. really doesn't like it, is it going to hurt their relationship? So then I said, you know, my shoulders are big enough. I'll take it. This way it's no reflection on you. You keep the relationship. And it's amazing how you build that trust.
0: Mm-hmm. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Can't be afraid to get your hands dirty. That's right. <laughs> That's
2: awesome. That was the last okay.
0: question. So, Oh, I have one There's more. No, okay. okay. so Brendan. I got, I got one. I, Mary usually asks all the questions here. So I'm changing <laughs> things up on her here. But, uh,
2: Brennan's <laughs> stealing my show.
0: I, I do want to like have like talk to you about like, what do you think would be the best CRM to use in this case? And I like, you know, just gut reaction, lightning round question here. So manufacturing company, no CRM, no MAP either. Um, they're just starting a demand generation program, trying to transition away from only doing, you know, traditional stuff like, uh, print trade shows, flyers, brochures, so trying to get more into digital marketing and demand generation. And their revenue is right around, you know, 20, $25 million annually. What do you think would be a good CRM for a company with those features, uh, to look at?
3: Yeah, Uh,
1: there's, there's a lot out there based on their business case. You gave me a lot of information there. I personally, and this is just the personal opinion, I lean, lean towards Salesforce because okay. they're a leader in their class. And most manufacturers are picking things where they want to be a leader in their space. Mm-hmm. And when you look at that, you go, okay, I've got a leader in their space, someone who's going to support me, releases every quarter. Uh, a lot of manufacturing companies can relate to that.
3: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, they want they want to own that share uh, with that. And that's why I lean towards Salesforce because it's Offers so many different things from there, but mm-hmm. there are so many other good ones that are out there also. Uh, if people want to get their toe in the water from that, and it, okay. it, yeah, a lot of it depends on. I hate to say what if, but yeah, a lot of it depends on you know their backend system, their business case. But and yeah. the parameters you gave me, I'm looking there going, hey, Salesforce is a great one to to look at to start because I'm guessing that company that size, you're not talking about thousands of sales reps. You know? Right, you're talking about maybe a handful. Exactly, you're talking about five to ten maybe 20 users. So when you look at the expense that you're going to input there, you know, it you'd see a payback.
0: Um I can emphasize
2: does, I want to emphasize Mike's point too on the support aspect and like the leader in your class. So like think about it. Like yep. if you're the marketer or sales rep pitching the CRM, this will be the last CRM this company ever uses. Because <laughs> Like we've talked about, they have homegrown systems. They stick with their provider for a long time. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the support that comes with a big name is so huge at a manufacturing organization where you're going to need support to get buy-in, to get people to use it the right way, to um, fill in the gaps in your knowledge.
1: Yeah. And Mary, if I have one last piece of that on that, Brandon, I'd also say one thing I found a lot of executives like is, especially in the manufacturing sector, they use Gartner and Forrester. Mm -hmm. research papers a lot. So invest, invest and go buy that research paper on CRMs in the space they're in, because then when you're presenting to your leaders, trust me, most of the leadership, CEOs, CIOs, they understand Forrester and Gartner. When they have recommendations or they say things that will help your case Mm
0: -hmm. where you're trying to go. Yeah. Oh man. So many more questions Uh, to ask. Do you have any, like a lot, you know, a lot of our audience deals with distribution. Is there a best practice like really like on using Salesforce or HubSpot or any other CRM to help that distributor relationship? And is like, I always ran into issues with that. It's like, what do you see as like a, a good solution there?
1: Oh, definitely. I, I, I work for a manufacturer. As I said, I also work for a distributor. I understand the relationship of who owns the end customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're seeing a digital transformation over the last five to 10 years where manufacturers are partnering with distributors. And helping them because distribution is an end. It's a, it's my extended sales team. So I need to start treating them like that. So how can I share information with that? A lot of CRMs, they offer communities or portals or different things. And that's a great way to share information, especially from your marketing team. Again, it comes back to my marketing team, set up that portal, set up that community, you know, set up that customer experience where they can log in, get information as they need it. They're not relying on calling my sales up. Hey, can you send me this flyer? Can you send me that? That's a huge way to start interacting and building that trust with them.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Um, well, Mike, before we close out here, we'd love to give you a chance to you know plug uh, yourself and hike Two a little bit. Uh, so yeah, it's all yours.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. And I, I, again, it was great to be here. Both of you. I appreciate the time. And uh, again, Mike Murphy, I'm with, with hike 2. Uh, you know, we help a lot of companies in the manufacturing space as they try to do digital transformation, implementing CRMs, uh, you know, we use a collaborative, agile, interactive approach uh, and iterative building uh, to help solve the complex business challenges that a lot of folks run into. These things we're talking about here, how do you go from marketing with your sales, uh, business process work to change management. Uh, we can help your company, however you're, you see fit. You can reach us, reach out to me. I'm sure uh, Brendan and Mary might post my information here, but it's michael.murphy at hike dot uh, and you check out our website. It's hike hike2.com. Yeah.
0: Is that so is that two have, with TWO or just the see, number two?
1: The number two. Um, love to be love to be your guide as you go
0: through this journey. Heck yeah. <laughs> Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, both on the podcast, on industrial marketing live, you know, on our Slack AMA. Uh, we got we, we took a lot of time from you, so we really appreciate you being a part of the gorilla team here. Um yeah, so industrial marketing live. So we'll drop a link to the episode that Mike was on with us talking about that handoff from marketing to sales in the CRM. In the description uh so make sure you go check out that full episode it's up on youtube um if you want to get connected into the industrial marketing Live community we do an event twice a month uh hit over uh, industrialmarketinglive.com uh, to hit the zoom registration there and then we also have a slack channel uh so make sure you uh dm me or mary and we'll get you uh hooked up into the slack channel where Mary, what do we have now uh 60 70 marketers in there
2: i think we're at 80 now
0: 80, marketers. Right. That's awesome. so 80 yeah. industrial marketers are in slack uh, they just everyone had a chance to you know ask mike a ton of questions about the crm in there and a special ama that we did so i think we'll probably do some more of that and some more fun events coming up uh so make sure you reach out to us to get hooked up with that you know and we just have a little community of marketers growing uh, that are all focused on industrial manufacturing uh i think mike's in there now so it's uh mm-hmm. ask questions to mike and in the slack channel as well so thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next week peace out thank you have a great day thanks, thanks mike, mike.